We have been united to Christ, the creator, the one who holds everything together. We've got to set our mind on him. If you're not setting your mind on him, you're setting your mind on your sin and your failure, and you're never going to get out of it because it's too big. You set your mind on him, you get in the word of God, you read the truth, you allow him to renew your mind. We're going to see later on, we need to have the word of Christ dwelling richly in us. Welcome to this Friday edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, I would venture to say that our society today appears to be addicted to sex. Yes, Dave, unredeemed man is bound and a slave to sin. Yet so many believers are caught up in pornography or lust. So how can we be set free? Well, that's what we're going to look at today. So turn with us in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 5 through 7. And again, as we look at these passages on sexual sin, these portions are not appropriate for children, so please protect little ears. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, if you want to listen to today's broadcast again, just download our new free app from the Apple App Store. You'll find today's broadcast, archived broadcasts, as well as more about this ministry and our teacher, Pastor Greg Lundstedt. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Paul is not calling for severe treatment of the body to hold it in check, to battle fleshly desires. That's useless. That's man-made religion. You may stop it, but you didn't deal with your flesh. You stopped the action, but not your flesh. What Paul is calling for is the death of everything in our lives that is contrary to godliness. To not allow those things to live in our lives. To address the offending parts that cause it to happen. You might remember, you could turn it to Romans chapter 8, that because of who we are in Christ, we're to be doing something. Those who are led by the Spirit are doing something. They're actively killing stuff. You go, wait a second, that sounds terrible. They are actively killing things. They're actively not letting things live. By the way, we make provision for the flesh. We put a big backpack of fleshly thoughts on it. We make provision for it. And we'll see it has to do with even anger and other things next time. But here it starts with the perversions, right? We're not to let it happen. We're not to let it live. Romans 8.10, and if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, that's your flesh, right? Yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. We're alive because we have his righteousness. He says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. Hey, you're going to be resurrected. We're going to see it. That's what chapter 8 in Romans is about. It's the answer to who will set me free from this body of death. Thanks be to God. First of all, there's no condemnation. But secondly, we're going to be glorified. Right? And Jesus is taking care of the interim by the Spirit. So he says here, So then, brethren, we are under no obligation. This is what we got to learn. Not to the flesh, nor to live according to the flesh. In Christ, you no longer are obligated to yield to your flesh. When you weren't saved, that's all you did, and you had no control now we don't have to give it. We can kill it off, in a sense. We can say no to it and not let it live. You know, under no obligation to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. If that's the way you live, hey, you're on your way to death. But if by the Spirit, that means living by the Spirit, that means allowing His Spirit to illumine your heart, to walk with Jesus, to abide in Him, to allow His Spirit to use the Word to help us think rightly, to change us, to sanctify us, to renew our minds. If you're by the Spirit, you are what? Putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. 
by the Spirit. I put the deeds of the body to death by the Spirit. It's by abiding in Christ, by his word prompting me, that's not right, don't do that. And then understanding that he gives me the power to trust him to enable me not to do it, to step out. We haven't been given the power to do anything, but we've been given the power to choose. And what we choose determines what we do. If we choose Christ by his power and strength, we can be set free from sin. If we choose our flesh, we become in bondage to it. We see later on, for all being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. We're his children now. We can allow the Spirit to lead us, rather our flesh to drag us down into the pit. Therefore, our passage says, therefore put to death. Do not let it live. The commands in the aorist tense speaks of a completed action, a moment of time. Just do it. There's no leeway for the struggle. I'm struggling, struggling, struggling. Usually when you're struggling, you've actually already given in. It's when you confess and repent and turn to the Lord that he helps you. And when you're tempted, he's faithful to deliver us from temptation. Yes, we do fall. Confess it when you fall. First John 1, 9, right? But here, there's no room for the struggle. Just die off. Kill it off. There's no leeway for the struggle. This is not a process that so many counselors will tell you. It's a process. We need to work through this so that you won't do these things. That's not the case. Put it to death. God says put it to death. You don't need a counselor to help you with your addiction. You need a God who saves you and transforms you and then will help you if you're willing to obey him and put it to death. So we see here, we need to realize and put our mind on the things of Christ. We need to realize he is in us and we are in him. And thus, regarding these sexual sins, do not let them live. Don't give them life in your life, okay? Trust Jesus to enable you to say no and then to empower you. So therefore, because of your union with Christ's death to sin and life to God, put to death, mortify, kill these sins. Active voice means you're doing it. You're making the decision to say no to it. You're making the decision not to allow your members to control you in these evil manners. Put it to death. Now, we fail at times, right? We may not fail physically, but we fail in our minds. Maybe we fail physically. Confess your sin, get right with God, and keep putting things to death, right? Put it to death. We have been united to Christ, the creator, the one who holds everything together. We've got to set our mind on him. If you're not setting your mind on him, you're setting your mind on your sin and your failure, and you're never going to get out of it because it's too big. You set your mind on him, you get in the word of God, you read the truth, you allow him to renew your mind. We're going to see later on, we need to have the word of Christ dwelling richly in us. He's the creator, he's before all things, he holds all things together, he's the head of the body, he's the redeemer, he's preeminent, he's fully God and man, he died to present us holy and blameless, and he is in you, and we are complete, and in him we have a complete salvation. That's what I need to set my mind on. Not set my mind on the struggle, set my mind on the one who will deliver me from that struggle, and is able, fully capable you don't think God can deliver you, then you don't believe who he is. He's God. You see, bad people want to substitute man's wisdom. Christ and him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is God, and in him you are complete. Doesn't mean we don't struggle. It doesn't mean we're not going to have issues. Paul clearly shared it in Romans 7. I do the things I don't want to do. He's not justifying it, because in Romans 6, so we continue to sin, the grace may never be. Not justifying, he's just saying this is the struggle. So who will set me free from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is your only hope to put sin to death, is Jesus Christ our Lord. That's your only hope.
through the power of the indwelling Christ, say no. Kill it off or it'll kill you. So then, now at this point, give the specifics of it. He says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, and back to our list here, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. And if we look at this list here, there are two specific areas of sexual sin. One is the outward manifestation, and the other one is the inward heart condition. Two specific areas as we look at this list, a very specific list of what to kill, to not allow live in our members, to not allow live. The first one here is one of the outward manifestations that were to put to death. Paul begins the word immorality. Immorality. We can't understand that. You think of immoral. What's immoral? Well, the, the world says nothing's immoral these days. You're immoral because you like morality. <laughs> That's what they say, right? No, but nothing's immoral in their eyes. But here we see it's God's view, not ours, that matters. The term immorality comes from the Greek word porneia. It's where we get our word pornography. It spoke of the hireable one. It spoke of a prostitute initially. It eventually came to signify any type of sexual activity apart from marriage. Premarital sex, extramarital sex, homosexual sex, pornography, anything outside of God's given gift of marriage. Anything outside of it. Satan now, we see, always distorts, twists, and destroys what God has created for good. He always takes what God has created for good. Let's remember that God created sex, not Satan. God did. And it is within the marriage relationship that it is sanctified, it is holy, and it is honorable. And God even applauds in his word husbands and wives as they engage in such. He even applauds that. There's no stuffy Puritan view of this in the context of marriage in the scriptures. Just read Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 1. The Lord, this is God speaking to Solomon and his bride, eat, friends, drink, and buy deeply, O lovers. That's God saying that. Indeed, Paul gives some commands on the issue in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You can turn it to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. God actually gives commands. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3. Let the husband fulfill his duty to his wife, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Stop depriving one another, except by agreement for a time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, and then come together again, that's the context, we just read it, lest Satan tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this by way of concession is not a command. What Paul is speaking of here is the relationship in the context of a loving, willing context. Okay, That's what he's talking about. And we know that sex within marriage is honorable and is to be undefiled. Hebrews 13.4, let the marriage bed be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. Let it be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So then, in light of our union with Christ and our future glory, our all-sufficient Savior, setting our mind on the things above, kill off, the first thing, immorality. Say no to yourself. Say no. Do not let your members live in that context. Say no. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you are united to Christ. You have all the power of the living God to say no if you trust the Lord. 
Now, it's the word working in our lives that helps us do so. It's the word illumining the truth of what we're potentially thinking about doing. It's the word illuminating the consequences of what we're potentially thinking about doing. It's the word that helps us see what is holy and what is not. Turn to First Thessalonians chapter 4. Paul makes this case that based on instruction in the word of God, this is what you ought to be doing. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Finally, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received from us instruction and how you are to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you may excel still more. Hey, you've received instruction on how to walk right. Now I'm going to give you some more instruction. For you know the commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Now he gave those commands when they were only two weeks old in the faith. And they heard it. For this is the will of God. This is God's desire, your sanctification. That means to be set apart from sin. Then he goes here specifically in a specific area. That is that you abstain. That means to stop. That means to stay away. It's from sexual immorality. That's our word. It's actually translated sexual immorality. It's the same word, porneia. It says, now here's biblical instruction to help us. That each one of you know how to possess his own vessel. That's the body. That's your parts, right? That's your flesh. Know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. Here's some consequences, and that no man transgress or defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all these things. Just as I also told you before, and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but sanctification. Consequently, he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So here we are to abstain. This is God's will for you now. By the power of the Holy Spirit, stop Doing it. Men, stop lusting at scantily clad women. Stop looking at pornography over the Internet. Stop watching the tempting TV programs. Women, stop lusting in the soap operas and steamy romance novels and fantasizing how much better it be with someone else than your husband. Stop! Stop! By the power of the Holy Spirit, this is God's will for you. We all know that when we are tempted with things, and we all are, you say you're not, you're wrong. You're deceiving yourself because that temptation is right around the corner. And you are ripe for the evil one to come get you. You say, oh, I'm not talking about that. Well, sorry, we all are, right? The temptations are common to man, right? But God's faithful. First Peter chapter 1, Peter says in verse 14, As obedient children, do not be conformed to your former lusts, the way you lived, your desires, which were yours in ignorance. You didn't realize it, was, it brings eternal death. It brings us wrath. You didn't realize it. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior, because as it is written, you should be holy, for I am holy. And First Peter 2.11, Beloved, you love by the way, you love by the Lord, love by your brothers and sisters, beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers, hey, this isn't your home, to abstain. That means to stay away from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. You know, once you start to get in those lust areas, you've got a war battle, a battle going on, it's a horrible battle. You need to say no. You need to kill it off. Now, it was probably much more difficult for these Gentiles who previously were immersed in illicit sex. We're getting there now. Our country's getting there, by the way. Uh, the temptations were immense, but yet they are to abstain from sexual immorality. That is, sexual contact apart from marriage. Okay, that's what it's talking about. So how do I abstain? How do I do it? Well, first of all, remember, it's God's will for you. So all the power in heaven is on your side if you do want to obey. You are in Christ. 
Now, it sounds great, but how do I do it, practically speaking? Well, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, Colossians 2, 6, so walk in him. When you believed and got saved, you believed everything God said in the gospel. You trusted in him completely. You didn't partially trust Jesus for salvation or you wouldn't be saved. You trusted in him completely. So you take his word now that applies to your circumstances and you believe it completely. And you trust in him completely. And he is faithful to deliver us. We are in union with him and he is a complete savior. We need to go to him. It doesn't mean we don't fail. We do trip up, but we should be tripping up less. Becoming more and more like Jesus, right? Receiving biblical instruction on the heart level and believing it and then trusting Jesus is what we need to do. You got an area you start to get in the Word of God and fill your heart with it. Fill your heart with it. Let it dwell richly, not poorly. You see, we saw this in the Thessalonians, their example. They received instruction on how they ought to walk and please God. And what was that instruction? The new commandments there, the commands they had given that you abstain from sexual immorality. And why? You're defrauding. It's not God's will. God is the avenger of this. Don't do it. There's consequences. Got to remember that. It's so easy to sin. We don't think about the consequences. So easy. We don't think. We got to think about it. Everything stems from our thought life. And we're going to see as the next passage in our passage talks about renewing the mind. We are to not be conformed to this world, Romans 12, 2, but transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we might prove what God's will. What's his will? Sanctification, right? To not be involved in this stuff, right? To not do it. Thy word I have hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Now, temptations are powerful, and God is a good God. He understands. He's a faithful high priest, tempted in all things, yet without sin. Go to Jesus. That's your solution. Jesus personally, with his word working in your heart. If you go to him, your word's not in your heart. You're not listening. It's like going to someone and then putting earmuffs on. You go to someone for help and say, I'd like your advice to put earmuffs on. They're talking to you here, right? Go to the Lord Jesus, but be in his word. Let him talk to you. Let him tell you from his word by his spirit what he wants for you. Go to Jesus. We need to be ever mindful of the consequences, as we'll see later on. Defrauding one's brother or sister, sinning against God, terrible. God's the avenger of these things. Rejecting his spirit whom he's given to us, in a sense. Rejecting the power and the life that we could have if we trusted in Christ rather than going our own way. So back in our passage, we have, therefore, you kill off, first of all, immorality. Now, secondly, notice the word, back in our passage, impurity. He's going to give us some different words. Now, impurity spoke of, the word spoke of uncleanness. It spoke of worthless material, waste of decayed flesh in the grave. It spoke of ceremonial uncleanness, defilement. It's impure, yuck, right? It came to speak of perverted forms of sex, homosexuality, child molestation, kinky sex, trans stuff. It speaks of that, impurity. We see this very clearly in the book of Romans, that impurity has to do with this weird, bad, evil stuff. Turn to Romans chapter 1. So you got immorality, that's actually the act of sexual contact without your spouse, anything other than that, right? And you have impurity, this is the weird, wicked, evil stuff. We'll see even more of that in a minute. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 24. Therefore, God gave them, now in the context of Romans, man suppressed the truth and unrighteousness, and God gave them over. He gave them over. You suppress the truth of a living God. You don't give him glory or thanks. You don't turn to him for salvation. And he gives you over. And it says here, therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to what? Impurity. 
And he's going to talk about one specific type of impurity here. And I mentioned it earlier, that their bodies might be dishonored among them, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped to serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged the natural function, which is unnatural. In the same way, their men abandoned the natural function of the women and burned their own desire towards one another. Men with men can do any indecent acts, receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their heir. That's impurity. And man, our country says, hey, it's good. You got the impure flag. It should be a flag saying, because of this flag at the White House, we now know that God will no longer flood the earth. No, it's the gay flag. It's the rainbow. The rainbow is God's symbol that he's no longer going to flood the entire earth in judgment, right? But they perverted it. And you see that all throughout, everywhere. It's all throughout. It is proliferating on the Internet. Man is given over this. You see it over and over again. It's becoming a mainstay, this impurity. Men with men, women with women. Kill it off. Kill it off. Don't let it live. Don't let any temptation, don't let anything live. Don't let it live. Immorality, impurity. Now at this point, those are the external realities of sexual sin. He's going to go to the internal realities, I believe. We'll talk about what's going on, on the inside. Remember, the Lord Jesus shared in Matthew 15 that the things that proceed out of the mouth, verse 18, come from the heart. And those are what defile a man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, fault, and the slander. It comes from the heart. It's from the heart. Therefore, your heart needs to be dealt with. Therefore, you've got to renew your mind. Therefore, you've got to be in the Word. Therefore, you've got to set your mind on things above. It's a heart issue. So the next one, kill off immorality, impurity. The next one is passion. Oh, we think passion is great. Well, passion for the Lord's great, but it can be misguided too. It can be overzealous without knowledge. Here, passion is from the Greek word pathos, and here it speaks of an uncontained and uncontrolled sexual passion. It's the lust on the inside that is uncontained. Someone may never act on anything, but it's uncontained on the inside. It's that passion and drive to think about certain things that are dishonoring, that are impure, that are immoral. And it can be awakened by simply glancing at someone dressed immodestly, not saying, you know, it's their fault, it's your fault. But women, be aware. Be modest in what you wear. It can be awakened in women who struggle with lust in different forms, with romance, not with their spouse, soap operas, evening TV, whatever they might be. you got to be careful. And we are not to live this way as believers. Not to live this way. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you, thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. 
Greg, in our time remaining, would you summarize what we have seen concerning sexual sin and deliverance from it? Yes, Dave. As we've seen, we are to put to death sexual sin. We are to not let it live in our lives. Because sin is so serious, God's wrath will come upon those who do not trust Christ. Well, for some of you, this is your life, and and you're going to experience God's wrath. But today is the day of salvation. You can turn to Jesus Christ, and if you call upon him for the forgiveness of sins, you will be saved. Well, some of you are saying, okay, I've sinned, and and I continually struggle, and I don't want to do it. I confess it, and I fail again. I fail, I fail. Yes, we do need to confess, but we need to remember it takes something radical. We must kill it off. We must put it to death. You see, believer, because of our union with Christ, We can draw upon the very power of the living God to choose to say no to sin and to offer ourselves to him. You see, Christ is a sufficient Savior, and he will deliver you every time you go to him. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you're receiving spiritual benefit from equipping the saints, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift today? Every gift makes a difference. No gift is too small, and every dollar is put right back into the ministry. To send a gift to Equipping the Saints, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to donate online, our web address is etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints.